Let's jump down to verse number, um, well, let's jump to verse number five. Uh, understand that there, um, Elkanah is a Ephrathite. He's a, of the tribe of Ether, Ephraim. And Elkanah has two wives. He's got one wife is named, Han- uh, one wife, sorry, is named Hannah. The other wife is named Penina. And we've, we've seen about those who've been introduced. Hannah has no children. And we, we've seen that Hannah is, is unable to have children. We see that in verse five. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion for he loved Hannah. This is Elkanah gave Hannah a double portion or a worthy portion. He gave her extra for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore. This is his other wife. Uh, to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah her husband unto her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? Why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest had sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And when we read temple of the Lord, they understand that's Moses' tabernacle that's set up in Shiloh. It's outside the city of Shiloh. So this isn't the Solomon's temple yet. That won't be built for another 65 years or so from this passage. This is the tabernacle. This is, so it's the tent that they wandered around in the wilderness with. They brought into the promised land. Then they set it up and it's been in Shiloh now kind of permanently through the reign of the judges. So it's kind of been sitting here for, for several years. It's been in Shiloh set up. And Eli is the high priest. Eli is there at the, so when it says temple of the Lord, understand that's the tabernacle is what we're talking about. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget it, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli marked her mouth. So understand Eli's there. He's kind of sitting back. He's watching her. She comes in she's praying and she's praying and she's praying. Eli's pretty sure that she is intoxicated. She's been drinking. She's, she's mumbling. She's not saying anything. What she is saying is a little bit incoherent. She is overcome. She's, she's grieving. We know that she, she went out and she was, she was in bitterness of soul from back in verse 10. So he sees her. So Eli comes and talks to her. And she's going to tell him what's going on. Verse number 17, we'll wrap up here. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Hannah had asked God, Lord, please give me a man child. If you do, I'll give him back to you. Personally, I don't know that Eli knew what he was saying when he said, God, give you this child. Eli's about 90 years old here. He's already raised his kids. And if she gets her petition, he's going to have to raise her kid too. So it's like, congratulations, you know, dropping them off. And we know that's what's going to happen, right? It's like, here you go. Here's, here's a little boy. Good luck. You know, see you next year. But Eli, Eli is going to say, may the Lord grant you your petition. And today for a little bit, I want to look, we're going to look at this passage. You can see on the front of your lesson there, Hannah's, or so we can see faith promise. And we're going to see Hannah's faith promises. This does kind of dovetail into our missions conference starting up this week as far as how missions giving works. Before we do, let's pray. Father, Lord, I do pray that you bless to this morning. I pray, Father, that you'd, uh, that you'd give us clarity. I pray, Father, that you give me clarity of thought. I pray, Father, that you'd, uh, that you'd be with our pastor. I pray, Father, that you give him liberty there in Ohio. I pray, Father, that you bless their conference as they're deciding what to do for missions for this upcoming year through at the church in Akron. I pray, Father, that you'd help our church Lord, next week, as, we're, as even now, we're, we're trying to determine what we can do for, for missions to get your gospel to the world. 
uh, Lord, throughout this next year, I pray, Father, that you'd help us. Show me what I, what I need to do. Now, Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Let's help us understand the principles here in your word. And I pray for this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. So to lay groundwork here, we kind of understand what's going on. You've got Hannah. She really wants this child. There's something that she needed. She had an adversary that was against her. And there's several things about this inside our lesson that kind of, that kind of um, set the stage for missions giving. For me, as I was working on this lesson, again, I, was, I started working on this lesson with the intention of talking specifically to the, to the young people or to the younger people. I don't want to be offensive, right? So the younger people than everybody here. But what, the question is, why don't we give to missions? Why, why, why not? A couple of reasons. Maybe, maybe we're not involved in missions. Number one, we just don't know. I mean, there is a certain amount of ignorance. We just don't know what's going on. We just don't know how missions giving works. And there's, there is probably some people in the auditorium this morning. There's some of you in the auditorium this morning. You just don't know how it works. Like, I'm just not that informed in it. Uh, this year, I'm teaching economics in the high school. So we're working on uh, econ 101. So we're doing all these economic things. And uh, there's some basic principles, supply and demand, and you know, some of the curve graphs and some of the stuff. There's some stuff that my class, these high schoolers, they just don't know. I mean, they're talking about, oh, we should invest in this mutual fund. If we put our money in that mutual fund, boy, we'll be, we'll be pulling in all this money and all this stuff. It's like, it sounds really good. I know you heard it on the radio, but guys, let's, let's get down to the actual, let's, let's plug this in and see what it actually does for us, right? And there's some things that in, in their ignorance, they think, they think it's going to work, but in practice, it just doesn't quite work that way. I think most of us have kind of been around the block enough times to understand that, yeah, on paper, that looks really good, but when you actually come down and, you know, start, you know, start investing in those things, it doesn't always come to, it doesn't always, you know, doesn't always come through. And we just don't know. We just don't know. And sometimes with missions, our problem is we just don't know. I don't understand how it works. I don't understand what's going on. So, Kind of to alleviate that, basically the way Faith Promise Missions works is our church takes up designated, designated uh, offerings that only go to missions, and we take those up throughout the month, and then that money gets sent out to the missionaries, and that those missionaries, and we vote on which missionaries we're going to support. Not unlike a mutual fund. You know, in a mutual fund, you might have several different, uh, several different stocks and different companies we're going to invest in. Instead of stocks, we're going to invest in missionaries. And instead of investing in a stock market for earthly gain, we're going to be investing for eternal gain in heaven, you know, souls being saved. It's not, it's not that dissimilar, right? So in my mutual fund, maybe I invest in PepsiCo, maybe I invest a little bit in you know, Mars, maybe I invest a little bit in this one because I'm going to invest on... Well, we do the same thing. I'm going to invest in this missionary. So we have a missionary in Mexico City. Uh, um, uh, let's see one uh, brother wins down in Mexico, so we're going to invest in brother Wynn. and then uh, we've got uh, also in Mexico we've got brother Pay- uh, brother Payton, so we're going to invest in brother Payton, and then down in Panama we've got our missionary brother Deal, so we're going to invest in brother Deal. So we invest in those missionaries, and the idea is we're going to reap dividends off what those missionaries, those souls, those missionaries went in their churches. We're going to reap those, and so that's in my my heavenly portfolio, if you will, my heavenly account. I get to reap off that, so I give into missions my small little portion in stock, and as the missionary profits, or as he sees soul saved, I get a portion of that increase. Again, not that dissimilar from like how the stock market works, right? It's not that dissimilar. The big plus is, unlike the stock market, which has some serious economic downturns, and there's a lot of risk involved in that, there's very little risk involved in missions giving because unlike the stock market, which is uh, controlled maybe by, depending on what you believe, maybe the Fed, maybe the Illuminati, I don't know who you think's controlling the stock market, but whoever's controlling the big stock market, right? God controls this one. God's wanting to make sure we get what we're going to get. So, and 
Also, there's no early withdrawal penalties and missions giving. And if you die early, hey, congratulations. You just get to read there. You're done. So, so there's, there's, there's a lot more benefits in this, right? So that's how missions giving works. And so what we do is we, we, uh, we vote and we decide, hey, these are the missionaries we're going to support. Right now, we support almost 100 missionaries. And we support those missionaries. Every month, they get, uh, they get a payout from our church. We send to them. But not only our church, right? So our church sends them pastors preaching in Akron, Ohio. They're going to, sometime today, determine how much money they can give to missions. And some of their missionaries might be the same missionaries we support. So we send a little bit down to Brother David Deal in Panama. They might send some money down to Brother, De- Brother David Deal in Panama. So we send $75. They send $75. It costs a lot more than $150 to live in Panama and run of work. So all those churches all partner together. They support that missionary. That missionary is able to live down there and it meets his financial needs that allows him to minister to the people that are there. Amen. All those churches then prosper in their heavenly portfolios. If you all those members of the churches prosper in their heavenly portfolios based on what those missionaries do down there. I know that's kind of a fast way and kind of a quick way of explaining it, but that is how missions giving works for us. That's how, that's what faith promise missions, that's the, that's the, the base of faith promise missions giving. That's kind of the, uh, the nuts and bolts of how it works. So sometimes we don't know. Now, the other reasons we don't participate in faith promise missions giving, some people know, but why don't I participate? Well, sometimes I don't see the value in faith promise missions, right? If I don't see the value, I'm not going to participate. If I, don't, if I don't see maybe the value in investing in a particular stock or a particular commodity, if I don't see the value in that, or if I don't think it's going to have a value, I'm not going to invest in that. Um, you know, personally, I don't, think, I don't think, and this might rub some of you the wrong way, I don't see a lot of value in wind energy personally. I think that the, I think the numbers without government subsidies, I don't think it quite... It doesn't, it doesn't prosper like it should. There's the, the, the potential for return on my investment is not as high as it should be. So wind energy without government subsidies, without a whole bunch of people pitching a whole lot of extra money, it doesn't make financial sense. So me personally, I would not invest a lot of money into a wind energy company. I don't see a lot of value in that. Um, there are some other companies maybe we look at and say, ah, I don't see a lot of value in that particular company. And so I won't, I won't put my money into that company because I don't see the value in that company. Or maybe that company's values don't align with my personal values. So I look at that company and say, what they're supporting, I don't support, so I'm not going to invest. So um, uh, the Budweiser Corporation, they make a lot of money. It's a very profitable corporation, but I'm not gonna invest in the Budweiser Corporation just because I don't like the way that they make their money. I don't like the, the, the process. So I'm not gonna, I don't see the value, personally, I don't see the value in that financially in a earthly sense, Right. In a heavenly sense, sometimes we don't see the value in missions giving. If I don't see why to give to missions, I'm not going to give to missions because where's the value? What's, what's in it? What, what's, what's, what's my net profit going to be? Or what's my gross profit going to be? What do I get out of this? What's, really, the question is, what's in it for me? And I know some people, it's not the reason you give to missions is what's in it for you. But ultimately, why give to missions? Um, I personally have a hard time when a missionary has been on the field for a long time and they've not accomplished a lot. Or I have a hard time with a missionary who hasn't been on the field. They're on deputation. They've not gotten to the field yet. And then they <laughs> don't go to the field at all. And I've invested a lot of money in this person. I've invested in them. And then they never even went to where they were going. I have a hard time. Personally, I have a hard time with that. I say, ah, oh, my investment. But that's part of the reason why we diversify, right? So I'm not supporting one guy. I'm supporting 100. Amen. So I might get one, one that didn't give me a lot of return on that. But I've got 99 others that, hey. <laughs> Hey, I'm so I'm still coming out ahead, right? So, so that's the that's the what's the value of missions? So I've got to determine my value missions. Sometimes sometimes we don't invest because we don't see the time restraints on this giving, right? We don't see the time restraints. Like 
getting in at the right time. So my high school guys were all about um, Bitcoin right now. Bitcoin is the big thing with them. Oh boy. Dogecoin and, and this coin and that coin. And I want to invest in this one. Boy, if you buy $50 in this, it's going to be worth $50,000 in two years. I'll be able to sell out and buy a house. And, and they've got all these grand, grand illusions. And you know, one guy one time did this and it turned out really good for him. And one guy one time bought a Powerball ticket too. So like, like you know, uh, you know, cryptocurrency for me, I don't, again, I, I, again, there's some different sides on that, but if it's not something tangible, it's very difficult to, for me to put my money into something that's not tangible. You know, at the end of the day, you're left with some, you know, ones and zeros and ones and zeros can be lost and altered very quickly. So like, uh, you know, oil doesn't change, I mean, a barrel of oil is a barrel of oil and, you know, a bushel of beans is a bushel of beans. There's not much you can do about that. But when you start talking cryptocurrency, but the thing with all these things is when you get in, right? Like when you buy in, like a few over the summer, I don't know if you kept up with the news, a bunch of guys got together and they decided to invest in a, put a bunch of stock into a movie rental company. Now I'm not going to go through all the details on it, but movies are not being rented anymore by the younger generations. Now, some of you that are still in the other class, you might still remember like the VHS tapes or the DVDs. People my age and younger, we don't do that anymore. We just stream everything. So we don't care about needing a physical copy of anything. It's like, it's too much work to walk across the room and put a DVD into a player. That's just way too much work for me. If I've got to do that, I'm just going to find something else to watch. Like, surely there's something else to watch. That's way too much work for me. And rewinding a VHS? <laughs> no way. Not happening. Uh-uh, no. And if I can't take it with me on my phone, forget it, right? So these guys decided to invest in this company that was basically, they had short-stocked it. So some, some investors would come in and they decided to buy a bunch of shares in this company with the idea that the company was going to tank. Then these other guys came in and artificially propped that company up by investing in that company. And if you got in early, when that short sale was going on, you could sell out and you could quadruple and sometimes even more than that, your money. And all these people were doing that. So all these guys said, wow, you can make four times your money. I'm jumping in. Unfortunately, the name of this game is not be the last guy out. Because if you're the last guy out, you're left holding the bag. And the longer it goes, the bigger the bag is that you're left holding. And unfortunately, when the eventuality of the short sock finally did fall through, a bunch of people lost a bunch of money. And a bunch of other people got all their money because they got out earlier, right? And that's just kind of how the stock market works. It's a net zero game. Some people make money. The money they made came from the people that lost their money that put it in and didn't make money, right? So that's kind of how that works. Well, Understand with missions, there's a time restraint on this. It really matters when we get involved. The longer I wait to get involved in missions, more people are dying and people are dying all the time. Those people that are dying are going to hell or they're going to heaven, right? They're going one place or the other and that's it. And the longer I wait to get involved, the longer it takes the missionaries to get there. By the time they get there, all those people that would have died or that would have been saved have died now in the two years it took them to get to where they were going because we didn't give the missions money to the missionary that we needed to, right? So you kind of understand there's a time restraint factor involved in missions getting, not unlike there's a time, time factor involved in our um, stock market and in investing. Last but not least, sometimes we don't give to faith promised missions because we don't have faith to trust God. And that's where I really want to get into the teaching this morning. We don't have faith to trust God for him to provide. See, we look at it and I personally don't have a lot of faith in the stock market. I don't know if it's coming through or not. I just don't put a lot of faith in that. I, I just don't. I understand it's got a purpose. I understand what's going on. But 
I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. I also don't have a lot of faith in our federal government and the Social Security Administration. I don't want to put all my eggs in the Social Security basket because I don't have a ton of faith that Uncle Sam is going to have the cash to write the check, you know, in 30 years when I finally start getting one. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith to put in that. So I don't have faith in the federal government. I don't have faith in the stock market. So I'm going to have to find somewhere to invest where I can, you know, tangible is something I can see. Real estate is kind of hard to get rid of. So I kind of put a lot of faith in me personally. I'm going to put my eggs in a real estate bat, something I can touch and see like, Oh, I'll put my, I'll put my eggs in that basket because I can see return off that investment. But again, you know, there's, there's some risk there when it comes down to God's investment if we have faith, if we truly believe that God's in control of all this, then that risk is mitigated. I don't have to worry about a risk. There is no possible loss when giving to missions. It it can't happen. It's, it's, It's a guaranteed, and I know it's a big deal when you're talking financially, a financial guarantee. And trust me, if you listen to AM radio, 400 guys will have 400 different guaranteed stocks you should invest in. And it's a guaranteed thing. Oh, invest in gold. No, invest in silver. No, invest... I'm telling you, invest in missions. It's a guaranteed deal. It's, all the rest of those are based on human whim and every single other one of those, the guys that are selling you gold own the gold they're selling you. The guys that are selling you the oil own the oil they're selling you, right? Like, like if they're saying this, like, yeah, there's a read and they're getting paid to tell you about it, right? So hmm, there's ulterior motives here. When it comes to God, there is no ulterior motive. Amen. So we can put our faith in him. So Amen. if my problem, if the disconnect with me giving, it's either I don't know, which... I can learn. I don't see the value, which that's, that's a me problem. I've got to determine what's more valuable, my enjoyment of whatever I want or my excess in life or me seeing soul saved. I'm the one that has to come up to that determination. Maybe I don't see the time restraint. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll live my life now, but then at the end of it, then I'm going to give toward missions or I'm going to help other people out. Though, again, that's, that's a heart problem I'm going to have to work with. Or maybe my problem is it's a lack of faith. And we're going to focus on that lack of faith today as far as lack of faith. Hannah here is going to have some faith. And when she goes down, she's going to offer the Lord. uh, By faith, she's going to offer the Lord. And so if you'll jump with me down to verse number, uh, we read this in verse number 11. It says, and she vowed a vow and said, we're going to seek Hannah's faith. She said, O Lord, look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and forget not thine handmaid, but will give unto him but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Hannah's faith caused her to make a decision. She said, God, if you'll look upon me, and if you'll give me one man child, then God, I will take that one child you give me and give him back to you. You give me one, I'll give him back to you. I mean, really at this point for Hannah, this is just to be able to say she has a child. She's not really going to be able to enjoy him. She's going to be able to enjoy spending time with him. Uh, The idea she's giving him back, she's not going to see him go to first grade. She's not going to see him when he's 12 years old and she's not going to be able to go to his sporting event. She's not going to, she understand what she's offering here. She says, God, if you give me a child, I'll give him back. And I'm not going to even be able to enjoy part of the reason I would want to have the child in the first place. And not only that, if the, her idea of having a child was so that there'd be Elkanah's family name to be carried on, she's sacrificing that as well too. He's going to live at the temple. The family name's not going to get carried on. He's not going to, he's not going to be known as the son of Elkanah and Hannah. He's going to be known as Samuel the priest or Samuel the prophet, as we would call him. He's going to be Samuel of the temple. It's that, that family dynamic, that 
And so she makes this offer. And it's a pretty incredible offer. I mean, this is, this is a pretty incredible offer she's going to make. And she makes this offer because she has faith. She has faith. And you and I, when it comes down to our missions giving, it's a question of how much faith do we have? Do I really think that God's going to come through like he says he's going to come through? Now, we can read in the scripture over and over and over again. The Old Testament is given us as an example. Over and over and over again in the Old Testament, we can read about people that trusted God. And we can see how that trust in God was rewarded and God really came through for them and blessed them. We can see people who didn't trust God and we can see how by not trusting God, how that turned out very poorly for them. Remember when they came up, we just had the lesson a few, uh, I guess now it's been a few months ago, when they came up to, they were in Kadesh Barnea and they came up to go into the promised land and they sent in the spies and they came back and they wouldn't go in. The book of Psalm tells us that they limited the Holy One of Israel through their unbelief. Think about that. They put God in a box. They restricted the power of the almighty God because he said, I'm not going to do that if you don't believe. The almighty God was held in check or didn't act as he could have because they didn't have enough faith, because they didn't have the faith that they needed. So faith is our problem here. How do I increase my faith? And that's the question I want to answer today. How to increase our faith? First way to increase faith, ask God. Ask God. Lord, I believe. Luke chapter 11, verse five. Remember the Shara Phoenician woman? Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I believe you can come through for me. Lord, I have faith, but God, give me some more. God, give me some more faith. Think about the apostles when they came to Christ and they came to Christ and the Lord, they said, Lord, help us to increase our faith. They asked you to increase our faith. And Jesus tells them, if you guys have faith, the grain of a mustard seed can cause a mountain to be cast into the sea. But realize the guys he's talking to, those guys already had faith. I mean, they left their nets. They left all. They followed Christ. When it came time to eat, it's not like they had a ton of money to go to. So where's their food coming from? Well, by faith, they followed Christ for three years. They're going, when Jesus sends them out to go into the cities and says, shake the dust off your feet when you go into these towns of the people that don't want to see you, that takes some faith. These guys have faith. Peter steps out of the boat and he's walking. That, that's faith, right? Uh, they're, they're going out and they're casting out and they're, they're performing miracles in Christ's name because they had some faith. They had a measure of faith. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. Increase, Lord, you've given us some. Lord, we have some faith. We want more faith. Amen. When it comes down to faith, we need to increase our faith. Amen. First way we do it, we've got to ask God. God, increase my faith. He have not because you ask not. And sometimes we ask and receive not because we ask amiss so we can keep it on our own lust. But asking God for faith, that's not for your lust. So ask God, God, I believe but help my unbelief. Help me believe more. Lord, increase my faith. First up, if I want my faith to be increased, God, ask God. Yesterday, I was doing a job for a fella. It was a, an old rickety building with an old metal roof on it. And this old metal roof, I got up on and I kind of looked at it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as um, leaf as I once was. <laughs> He's a good term here. I'm not skinny anymore. And I had to carry this like tar stuff and it weighed about, you know, there's a five, two five-gallon buckets. So there's probably, I don't know, a good 70 pounds of tar stuff to carry. And I'm walking across this roof and it's, it's creaking and I'm a little bit nervous. So I walked ever so slowly across the roof and set it down. And I walked back to the ladder and went down to get the sprayer and walked back across ever so gently. 
oh boy, I was scared. Whew. I wasn't sure that, and I wasn't sure like I'm going to do this job and the whole building collapses underneath me. I'm not getting paid for it. So like, is it really like, hmm. so like, right investment? Like, is this really worthy? Is this really worthy to put my, put my time into? But I got up on there and as the day went on, as the, as the morning went on, after a while, I kind of got to where I'd walked across that roof enough times now I knew it could kind of hold me. And so at first I was very timid, very timid. I'm sure people driving by thought it was hilarious to see this fairly large guy kind of shaking in his boots as he's walking across the roof kind of very timidly. By the, end of the, by the end of the job, I'm going across it so quickly, I didn't even realize where there was paint on the metal roof and I'm sliding and slipping and stuff and catching myself on this roof because at first I had very little faith in the roof. As the time went on, my faith was increased a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until I got down to the end. I had so much faith in the roof that I went to get onto the ladder. Right at the very end, there's a little carport thing on the front. I stepped down onto the carport thing and broke through. I'm like, oh, phew. Thankfully, it was an easy fix. Thankfully, that part was an easy fix. I had so much faith, right? Like, hey, this thing can hold my weight. Everything can hold my weight. I'm not as heavy as I thought I was. <laughs> like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Here's the thing. With God, that's how we are sometimes, right? I have a little bit of faith. Just a little faith. And we're walking kind of gingerly with God. Okay, Ooh, I'm not so sure about this. Maybe you've been hurt before by people or individuals who put faith in it. I didn't come through. Can I really trust God? We walk ever so gingerly, ever so timidly. But you find the longer you walk in faith, the longer we go by faith, you know what, I've, I've come this far and nothing bad's happened yet. You know what, I, I think I can walk back across that section and you know what, I, I think I'm okay here. I think I've got that. And then, then I can walk back across it. You know, now I'm, I'm, I think I've got this down pretty good. You know what, I think, pff, shoot, I can't fall. <laughs> like I've got this figured out. I'm, I'm great on this. I, I've got this. And it's how it works on roofs. I'm not a huge fan of getting up high, but once I get up high, I acclimate and I'm okay because of walking around there. And it takes a little bit to get that faith started, right? Once you get it started, it's easy. Same thing with our faith. Same thing with our missions getting. Same thing with our faith in God. God, I can trust you. Ask God and he'll help you. Second thing is we have to exercise our faith. Exercise thy faith. And that's really what this is. It's a study in, it's a study in walking, walking on those, walking through those times where I'm not sure that it's going to hold me. Hey, the longer I do it, the easier it is to do. I'm going to exercise my faith. So first of all, ask God for faith. Second of all, exercise your faith. A very, very easy way to exercise our faith is next week when it comes time to give to missions. Exercising faith is saying, hey, you know what? God, I think I can give $20 this week to missions. I can put this $20 into my missions giving. And God, I believe you when you told me that if I do this, that I'm going to get dividends in heaven for my gift to missions. And God, I believe you when you told me that if I give this $20 to missions, it's not going to just be spent on nothing frivolousness. That God, you see what's going on and souls get saved as a part of my giving. And my investment's not going to come back. And it's not like it's going to, it's not like it's going to go down. So that's my faith. My faith says when I put this in the plate, that's me showing faith. And at first, maybe we start out at 20 you know what? Hey, you know what? I can do that. I can take those timid steps. And pretty soon it can increase. I go from 20. Now it's, you know, God, I, shoot, I got such a good return on that. I think I'm going to double it. I'll give you $40 this week. And then pretty soon, you know, hey, I'm able to move. And and it just goes up and goes up and goes up until finally, you know, eventually we're, we're just, you know, God, you know, now I'm going to double that. God, I want to give you $80 because I believe you're going to return. I've got a return on that. If it was in the physical world, we would understand that, right? If you invested in, I don't know, corn, 
I invest in corn. I spend, you know, $80 in corn. And then next year, that money quadruples. So I spend 80 and get 320 back. Shoot, the next year, I'm going to spend $400 in corn and I want $1,600 back. And the year after that, I'm going to spend $4,000. I'm going to get $16,000. You know, man, if I could quadruple my money every time, I'd be on top of it. Missions giving, exercising our faith. It starts out small and we build it bigger. Last but not least, if I'm going to increase my faith, it's going to take adherence to God's word. Eli was God's word for Hannah here. They didn't have a Bible. Hannah comes and Eli says this. Then Eli answered and said, verse 17, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee that petition as thou had asked him. Now it's in our God's word for us. But for Hannah, this was God's word for her. And she trusted God's word. She said, okay. She, you don't see Hannah still crying in the temple. She gets up, she leaves. She goes back to Elkanah. Hey, Elkanah, things are going well. In my mind, I think she goes back and I think she starts, maybe she starts knitting booty, booties or something. You know, she's like, she's like, she's like, like, what are you doing? Oh, you'll see. Like, you know, she's getting some blankets and some stuff like set aside. Like, Elkanah's like, Hannah, um, boy, I'm not sure we should get our hopes up just yet. Oh no, don't worry. It'll be just fine. Because Hannah had faith. Amen. Amen. And we know that Hannah's making coats for Samuel. And here she is. I think maybe she made him a little coat before he's even born. And here's baby, baby Samuel. And she had already had the faith to take God at his word. Now her God at his word was Eli telling her what was gonna happen. For us, we've got God's word right here. In all the things we believe about faith, promise, and about missions, and about all this stuff, how do you know all that? Okay. This, book right. is my, this book is my way of finding out about it. Amen. So my faith gets increased. How? God, I believe. I'm gonna need you to help my unbelief. I don't see exactly how this is gonna work out. I'm kind of tight right now, but God, I believe that you can help me and I believe you can, provide the, you can provide the finances I need to be able to meet this faith promise. Number two, I'm gonna take a few little steps here. I'm gonna start exercising myself until pretty soon I built up some confidence here and I, it's easy for me to trust you. Number three, I'm gonna trust your word. I'm gonna trust your word. See, God's word keeps me from making foolish mistakes also. God's word helps me to stay close to him and it helps me to make sure that what I'm doing is in line with what he says so that somebody, because people can tell us wrong, somebody can't tell me wrong, God's word won't, right? That's my faith. Amen. Missions conference is coming up Thursday night. It starts one week from today. We'll take up our commitments for the following year, determining what our investment's gonna look like for our church, for you as an individual, for your families, for my family, one week from today. Right now, it's time for us to be increasing our faith. Ask God, exercise, say in his word.